When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Justin Strong and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I'm your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, who knows if you're going to hold a trained assassin hostage, you should at least have the common sense to restrain the guy, Ryan Nelson. <laughs> oh, we got to talk about that a lot later. <laughs> uh, Justin, I knew that we were in for a bad or a confusing or potentially ridiculous episode when we use a dog bomb yes i know <laughs> to start the episode uh i just want to i want the writers of this show and all shows to come in nobody wants to see a dog no bomb. one wants to see a dog no bomb, one no. never again i don't want to see any more dog bombs i can't believe i'm talking about dog bombs <laughs> yeah we'll talk about that in just a little bit so uh if you've been listening to the podcast since we started back in january thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day if you're new to the show we hope you enjoyed as we talk about the sixth episode of prime videos uh the peripheral titled and i'm going to paraphrase here to keep this family friendly <laughs> uh screw you and eat crap <laughs> that's not the actual name of it so you just kind of use your imagination okay. to figure out what the actual how, how shocked were you that connor did not <laughs> yeah, no, that, i was really surprised that it didn't come from connor when we found out the when we saw the, the title of those things like oh that's going to come from connor and it did not it did not actually come from him so uh if you are new or irregular and would like more access to the show visit our patreon page and become a patron of the main attraction podcast go to patreon.com slash the main attraction podcast and you can get patreon only content you can support us at a three five ten or twenty dollar level when you join up we'll shout you out here on the show if you can't be a patron you can help the show out by writing us on spotify and apple Podcasts. leave us a five-star rating and if you have time write us a review while you're there if you do write us a review on apple podcast we'll read it on air next time we record all right so uh general thoughts on this sixth episode of the peripheral so last episode we both loved it i thought it may have been the best episode you thought it was right there either mm-hmm. the first episode or this or the or or the last episode so we were very excited we mm-hmm. liked bob yeah and then this episode we bring in more new characters right. and I'm like, what are we? I don't feel like we're setting it up for the end of this season. I think we're setting it up for season two. Well, they may be, they it may was, be. Mm-hmm. It was, it was really odd. We have so much meat on the bone that we've got to put in place. I'm not so sure we're getting a season two. You should never think you're getting a season two, but I felt like they were acting that way. And like, I, I don't know. I thought we had more stuff right. to wrap up this season, and and I don't feel like we're anywhere near that now. I, I, my thing is, I think they are doing a lot. I think they are doing a lot of table setting, and some of it may be for season two. You may be correct about that, but I think they're doing a lot of table setting. So, I mean, I'm I'm fine with this episode. I didn't. I wasn't just particularly enthralled by it, but I wasn't. 
I didn't hate it either. Uh, I like I yeah. said I, because I I can see that they are going down the road uh, somewhat uh, towards trying to wrap this up at least a little bit. I do think the addition of Ainsley Lobier uh, yeah. to bring them in at this point is a bit weird. Uh, yeah, because if you're bringing them in at this point, you know you, you need to have at least some kind of a plan for them, which obviously I would think that they do, but. It, it, it was a little weird, but like I said, I, this one, I just, I, I'm kind of a reserving judgment until we see the end of it, because I do believe that they have an end goal in mind. Uh, I do like the fact that this is relatively straightforward still. Uh, they're not like yeah, really, that's true. they're not presenting a whole lot of like mysteries and stuff to us at this point, which I'm all for, uh, as long as they kind of keep pushing us toward the end. I'm fine with it. So they're, they're not, pre- they're presenting new characters, which could be new storylines that is going to lead to new storylines as well. And I'm guessing that this is kind of a result of the book, I would think. So I mean, uh, everything yeah. I've read is they've kept this pretty close to the source material. So yeah. if they're doing that, then obviously this character is probably brought in. I don't know. I don't know where we are in this book, but they're right. bringing the character in at, at the right time. So, I'm okay with like I said, I wasn't just enthralled with the episode, but I didn't hate it either. It it was a perfectly yeah. fine episode, but there are it's I'm ready to get to, I'm ready to find out a little bit more and kind of get to get this thing wrapped up and just you know kind of push a little bit closer towards the end. Like because we started to do that, yeah. we really started to do that in episode five, and they see they seem to slow it down here a little bit in episode six. And and that's my biggest issue. I didn't hate this episode. I really thought we had turned a corner right on six. Yeah, and I felt like like. Inspector Lobier was very good. She right. was a, a great part, but I felt like she was explaining like background that we learned two episodes, three episodes ago. Well, I about, think what, like, well, I think what they're doing is they're trying to give us more background on the Met because we don't really have a lot of background on on the Met. That's at this time. We, we the only thing that we really heard we've heard them talked about uh, a little bit, and we saw that constable in episode three when he was when the constable was approaching. Wilf and Flynn about her peripheral, but we haven't got much on them. So I think this is, I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to show us just what the med is capable. Like apparently they can sense peripherals because like she knows that they have three peripherals yeah. already there. Uh, and she is a human. That's one thing I think I don't remember if they made it just real clear. I read some recaps and stuff just to make sure I understood that correctly. She is a human. I'm not sure about the person that is her assistant in this. I think that may be a peripheral. Um, yeah. But like I think that's kind of what they're doing with this character and this and her assistant is to just give us more because they said there's three pillars. So we finally, you know, we've learned all about the research institute throughout the course of this entire thing. We finally start to get a little bit more about the Klept uh, starting last week. So we finally started to learn a little bit about them, a little bit more about them, and get more information on them. But we still hadn't got anything on the Met, and now we're finally getting something on the Met, which is kind of the third pillar. One thing I do like that they are doing in this is especially by introducing us to them at this point, because you kind of brought this up as, you know, you thought that maybe Zubov might be the ultimate bad guy in this. Yeah. And the way that they go through this explanation of what the stubs are to Ainsley Lobier, uh, she's like, you know, that's a really primitive and terrible way to describe them. And like, well, we just kind of give them third world status. That way we can just kind of do whatever we want with them. So like the stubs that Flynn and uh, Burton and Connor are in, they are basically treating that as like just they're every every human being that's alive in that stub is completely discardable because they're just like a third world country to them. Yeah, and uh, Zubov uh, drinking tea. Why 
Like, could he put out more Bond villain vibes? Oh, no, exactly. He really could. Like, just, he looked like just such a villain douche. Yes, the he way did. he's dressed and just the way he's holding his little tea his and little drinking tea. it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you are, you are obviously the villain. I, I'll tell you a scene I started out really liking was when the when Wilf and Flynn meet. Because Wilf explains, Flynn's like, these people never pay attention to right. us. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's the reason. Yeah. None of these people there's, exist. They're not real, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because half the city is not real. And I was like, okay, that's good to know. Yeah, it, know? it really is. Because, like I said, I mean, we got, you know, they've said that, you know, there's not that many people in London, which they've done a really good job of showing because there's not that many people. Yeah. But there's even less people than what they are right. showing us uh there's the fact that this is all just a hologram for the most part uh because it's just too depressing to live in this city because that while they're actively trying to reconstruct everything it just takes a long time to completely rebuild an entire planet for the most part uh yeah. so you know while they're doing that they're just kind of showing they're they're kind of like sedating everybody with what uh taking their attention off what reality actually is so uh but but there was something in that scene i did not like i hate and this this felt like some bad westworld stuff where they go to meet i cannot remember what they called it whatever the butcher's name was yeah. mm-hmm. uh because he was the person that's putting those right. devices dave did not discuss what they were going to say right or what they need to know and then they walk in and they're both on the same page right, they are the way they're speaking to him and i was like this is annoying right because they've been doing a very good job of flynn does knows what we know All right and they have to teach flynn right well then when she walks in she knows everything she or she's acting right like she knows as much as they do and then i thought oh cool we're about to get a good fight scene and that even that was like eh yeah, the the hand fight, hand to hand combat in this show is not great. The gunfights are good. Uh, well, the, go the first the first episode that Burton had where he was hand to hand fighting was good. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. But it's not been since then. Yeah, because last week the fight between uh, Tania Miller Sh- and yeah, uh, and uh, Chloe Grace Moretz was not spectacular. This fight yeah. between basically between uh, Flynn and the butcher and his assistant as well is not fantastic either. It's yeah. it, it's it's okay. It's not great, but it's not. It's definitely not the strength of the show. Uh, yeah. I, I wasn't a huge fan of this scene as well because, like I said, it, it just didn't really make a whole lot of sense. I mean, you knew why yeah. you were, they were going there because they wanted to get. They wanted to find out if they could figure out where Alita was. And they did drop some infer- interesting information on us that uh, that Alita was a Neoprim, and Wilf didn't even know that. They, they talk about yeah. that, that Wilf didn't even know she was a Neoprim, uh, which makes me question, because you know originally I was thinking that the reason Alita was doing everything was because she wanted to avoid the... She wanted to, the jackpot to not, to not happen, but if I'm understanding what Neoprims are actually... Do, Actually, yeah, I was going to say, explain what a neoprim is. So neoprim, from what I gathered from the show, is when it's people who don't want, like people who are actually, they fight against the people who are fighting to stop the jackpot from ever happening. Okay, that's if I remember correctly. Maybe I, maybe I'm misunderstanding that. Uh, so, like I said, well, I'm that not, makes sense. That that why they were confused because that's totally different than the way they've made Alita. Right, sound and look. So, like I said, I really it, it brings more mystery onto to Alita, which they continue to have a lot of mystery about her. Right, and they got to eventually wrap that. I'm hoping that they will start doing so here in episode seven. But 
uh, like I said, that whole scene I just wasn't a huge big fan of. But uh, let's kind of go back to the beginning real quick. Let's talk about the opening yeah. scene because dog bomb, dog bomb. Uh, we talked about this where you, the, in the opening scene in the previous week's episode, when they're kind of explaining just everything the, about the stub and what the research institute does and how they treat stubs, they talk about the situation where there's this group of military, and there's this group of marines who come across a a dog in the middle, an injured dog. And this is, you know, they, they use these haptics that they have sent back into the past. And by using those haptics, they can kind of tweak the people's uh, sympathy nerves. And that's what they do with Connor. You can kind of see what they're doing with all of them, but they especially ramp it up with Connor. And that's the reason Connor goes in. You know, we see this play out. We saw this play out in the previous episode from afar, but seeing it up close and personal, I liked seeing the chemistry between them. Obviously, I don't like to see a dog bomb, uh, but I liked everything else about it for the most part. What were your thoughts? I thought the same thing. I like, uh, one, we were like, yep, that was Connor. That was my first thought. But, yeah, I like how any of the scenes, one, I've been asking for more Connor. We got actually got a lot of Connor yeah, did, in this episode, so I was, I was happy about that. His scenes were some of the best ones. But any of the scenes with Connor and Burton and the rest of the the military, I like them. They're they're right. good. I like how well they work together. And uh, yeah, it just I still just like why would he go check on that dog? Like, it's, well, that's it's what they're still, that's what they're saying is because the fact that they have those haptics in there, yeah, and they sent the information back to basically increase his response to right. his sympathetic nerve response. That's what makes him going. It's not because he's a stupid soldier or anything like that, because it right. doesn't make a whole lot of sense for him to do that. They basically forced him to go do that is what they did. And yeah, yeah, but uh, I don't know, but I, it makes sense though. It, it makes sense. And like I said, and I think that's what they're trying to show is, you know, just to, what they are doing with, they're trying to, I think, show the cruelty that these people create use on these stubs is they just see these people as right. completely expendable, you know, discardable people, and they they don't even view them as people because they can send you know th- these Marines in and to get blown away by a bomb and a dog. I mean, that's just kind of the right. way they, they they view these people. That's why I think this works for me is because no, he shouldn't have done that. And he wouldn't have done that under normal circumstances. They would have just put the dog out of his misery by by shooting it real quick and just having it you know because it's tangled up in barbed wire and all that type of stuff. Right. They would have this a normal soldier would have just said. We're going to put the dog out of its misery, and we're going to continue our mission and keep going. But because the fact that they can kind of play with people and just kind of use them as they want to as pawns, they ramp up that that part of their brain that has that sympathetic response, and the Marines end up going in after it, and especially Connor. He's the one who ends up you know taking the full brunt of it, and that's the reason that he, is, he has just one arm now. So, Yeah. Uh, like I said, I like, let's talk about Connor since we're on that. Uh, he gets quite yeah. a bit more in this cause you mentioned that a second ago. He does get quite a bit more. He is, you know, he desperately wants, you know, he tries to play tough, which, you know, yeah. you expect, but it's obviously takes a toll on him. The fact that he only has one arm that he basically has a broken body because he's talking to one of the guys at the print shop. I can't remember the guy's name, but he's talking to one of the guys at the print Miles. shop. Miles. Okay. Uh, he's talking to him. He's like, you guys are like the smartest guys I know. I'm sorry, Macon. The, the, kid, the actor's name is Miles Barry. Okay. Macon. Okay, so he's talking to him and Macon, he, Macon and the other guy that he works with. You know, They're two of the smartest guys that 
are out there, you know, because he wants to just be hooked up to this peripheral the entire yeah. time. He's like, what can I do right. to just stay there and never have to leave it? And, you know, the guy's telling him, well, you're going to go to the bathroom. You're going to have to eat. You're going to have to actually sleep, you know. And he's like, you know, if you guys can figure it out, if anybody can figure it out, you guys can figure it out. But so he's obviously showing that this is taking a toll on him. You know, he's tough and as, uh, as he, much as he wants to act, and, you know, it's kind of the reason why he drinks all the time. Uh, but as yeah. tough as he wants to act, it still takes a toll on him. Well, like you mentioned, uh, he was in a coma for eight months. Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the difference? Right. Yeah, he mentioned that, and it's what he's talking about. Yeah. And it's the like I had a catheter. Yeah. Yeah. He, so he, he, he I, he's trying to give the point that you know, if he could be in a coma for eight months, he could he could live in this peripheral for eight months. And I guess he may have a point. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so we finally get some more Corbell Pickett this episode, which is always good. Yes. Very very good. I like his big scene. I really like. All right. So we'll, go ahead and talk oh. about that. Uh, well, you know, it was nice to see Bob. Yes, it was. Well, first, I guess we saw him earlier. We found out he, he was the shoes. Yeah, he was the, the shoes. Because he was whistling, and then the next thing you know, we see him with Bob. Right. And uh, it was nice to see Bob, like, uh, being the one being tortured and being the one that didn't have the upper hand. Right. And, like, Corbell and his wife, who, uh, boy, they made some mistakes. Yes, they did. Uh, but like it was nice to show them taunting him, right? Where they're like they put a knife right by him, and uh, where you know like he's like grabs a knife and he the, the wife you know knocks him down. But he was uh, I just loved the whole cooking of the meat, right? And just the taunting of putting the knife right there. It was it was a uh, it was another Bond villain type type uh, scene right there. Right. I, I enjoyed it. I will say this: I I don't know you know. Maybe it does both. Maybe it shows because if you got this train killer, you know, obviously you have the shot collar on him. And this is how you're kind of keeping him at subdued and how you're keeping him at bay. But the guy's still a trained killer. You need to you yeah. need to restrain the guy. So, like I said, yes. I, I'm not sure if this shows if you know how much I like this. I I'm not really sure about because either it's showing that he's really stupid or really arrogant or both. Uh, I guess that's what kind of what they're going for with this. Is I I, I think so because it was like you said. You, this is a, a trained assassin. Of right. course, he knows a way to get out of this, and he and he obviously gets his yeah. way out. Uh, he's he's got his, he's playing it from the get go. The moment she turns her head to talk about that, uh, to talk about that aquarium that they have in their house, he grabs that. I don't know really, that decoration. I don't even know what it yeah. was, but and that's you know he used that to plan his escape. So he goes rushes the aquarium, and starts banging on it, banging on it because he knows. If she shocks me and everything is wet, it's going to shock her too. Uh, yeah, and that's how he gets his escape. And that's like I said, it shows how smart he is, but it also shows how kind of dumb right. and arrogant the two of them are. Right. I don't know if his wife is dead. I'm not really sure about that. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But I always like a scene where uh, where a villain breaks pain to himself to afflict on someone else that's right. at the same time. <laughs> like that's that's always fun to watch. It is. It's always fun to watch. Uh, just. Uh, fantastic stuff uh but they are setting up you know because you mentioned the shoes this was the shoes the shoes were the sh- uh, were the shoes of sheriff jackman uh which i was like i was like is his name you <laughs> uh but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh but i was we talked about this via text i thought i was like oh gosh this guy has the worst southern accent that we've heard yeah. no it's actually a real southern accent because <laughs> the guy's, the from, guy's arkansas. from little rock arkansas. little rock arkansas yeah i immediately text just i was like this guy's irish or something and i was like 
Wait, this is this guy's real accent. Yeah, that's his real accent. But explain what you said, because you said it best. I think that what it is, is this guy, because he is like Tim Blake Nelson. If you don't know who Tim Blake Nelson is, he's been around for a while. He was in The Watchmen when we, uh, we reviewed it. Yeah. He has just such a deep southern accent, and that's just the from way Oklahoma. he talks. Yeah, I mean, he's from, he's from Oklahoma, and because of that, that's the way he talks. He, he doesn't, yeah. he cannot give you a different accent than that one. And because it is so deep and so steep, a lot of people think that it's fake, and I th- kind of think that's kind of the case with this guy yeah, as this well. this guy sounded a little put on, because he really did sound like some foghorn leghorn. What I see, what I, what I see. <laughs> right. or, uh, or that colonel from uh, the water boy, the teacher. Right, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Look like mm-hmm. Colonel Sanders. I mean, it's he sounded like him. I was just like, God, this is terrible. But no, Ben Dickey is the guy's name. He's yeah. a musician. He's been in a lot of stuff, so he has a really thick Southern accent. It's just the way he talks, I think. So, and yeah. if you listen to his, his music on Apple Music or Spotify, that he sounds the way he talks in this. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just the way he talks. So, uh, if you're wondering about that Southern accent, it's it's a real one. Uh, it's just like I said, it, it's so thick that it's just the way he talks. So, uh, but one of the things that they do make clear is that he is in the pocket of Corbell Pickett, and this is you know because he, the boots that he saw were the boots of Sheriff Jackman when Tommy Constantine was in that wreck. And Tommy Constantine doesn't know what to do with this because obviously he can't go to his boss about the things that are taking place because his boss is the one that sets it up. Uh, so he goes to his wife and his wife is telling him, you know, you've got, you need to back off this, but he's, Tommy Constantine's a good guy. He's a good, yeah. he's a good deputy. He doesn't want to back off of it. And even when he goes to, even when he goes to uh, Burton and talks about him, Burton tells him basically to F off and not to worry about it. And, yeah. and, you know, Constantine's like, you know, that's a pretty horrible thing to say to me, but he's like, you know what? We're just trying to protect you. Like you're trying to protect us. So, Constantine's kind of caught in the middle of this. Uh, you know, we've talked for a while. We think he's he might end up. I'm less con- convinced that he's going to be killed. Uh, I, I think so too. I think I, I'm less convinced. I w- I am convinced Sheriff Jackman will die oh, in yeah. probably a horrible death. Yeah, I kind of think that as well. Yeah, I can see that happening very easily. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, this is a good episode. But it's not a it's not a yeah. great episode. It's it's fine. It's perfectly fine. It's, it's it's pushing the story along. It it's not pushing it as far along as I would like. I'm kind of starting to think this yeah. maybe should have been a seven episode series instead of an eight. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it just it just felt like like I said last week was really pushing us towards some battles and stuff. Right, and, and it, this one I felt like it slowed down, like you said, and and you you're always right on this. You you can't really judge this until the next episode, right? Because that, they're, they're laying some stuff out to be resolved, right. but. It's just kind of hard to see because they end. I thought this one ended at a weird spot because when they finally do bring uh, all they three, do of them, every every episode ends at a weird spot. It yeah. seems like, and this one especially because when they finally bring the three peripherals up in London to have a conversation with uh, Ainsley Lobier, it's just that's where it ends because that's kind of like, oh, well, I'd like to see this conversation now, and that's just where they end it. So. Uh, I'll be interested in what they do in the penultimate episode and what they eventually wrap things up in the eighth episode. I'd, I w- this is one where I kind of wish I knew a little bit more about the source material because I yeah. would probably have a little bit better handle on what they're doing in the show. Because I really think this is a show where if you if you had read the book, you would probably I think you probably enjoy the show a lot more because you'd probably know what they right. are doing and how they are pushing it forward. Because it doesn't always make a whole lot of sense in while you're watching. It looks like I still think it's a it's a good show, but yeah, like I said, it's just kind of hard to figure out at times. So, yeah. Uh, anything else we need to talk about, or have we wrapped it up for the most part? 
Uh, I think we're wrapped up. All right, then. Let's get to our weekly awards. Up first is the Tyrion Lannister, the MVP for the week. So who's your MVP for this week? I've been calling for my dude. I yes. got to go with Eli Gore as, yeah, uh, as, as Connor, man. He he had really several good scenes. He and did. I, I, I just really enjoy this guy. And also, I'm the thought of him uh, being in a in a peripheral for it's a fun. long time mm-hmm. uh, that that has a lot of that makes me excited it looks like we're getting a lot of him next week as well yeah I, i'm excited about him about him possibly having a bigger role in in the show to be just perfectly honest yeah. with you so yeah uh, but i'm with you i had eli gore as my uh, mvp for this week he's he's great from the moment he's he's uh, yeah. we see him you know with dog bomb uh, all the way up until the very end yeah. he was just fantastic in this so uh what is your act all along your best scene of the week well, we really haven't talked about the scene. One, uh, Connor looks, it's the scene that starts with Connor making a delicious breakfast. Oh, yes, uh-huh. That's a good one. That mm-hmm. French toast looked good. And then him talking to Burton, and they have a nice scene where he, Burton, I love the way their relationship, because you can tell they are best friends. Yeah, you can. And Burton's like, you're not going to be in a peripheral for the rest <laughs> of your life. It's exactly. not going to happen. And they end with, you know, and, uh, and I apologize that this is your line. Where you sh- they show them the MF, uh, the, the and then he yeah. says, "All you know, if you ask my mom, MF stands for my friend." Yeah. So I, I love that. Yeah. Uh, then of course Connor tells them what it actually means. Yeah, exactly. And all, as only Connor could do. But I thought that was a good scene. And also, uh, anytime those two interact, uh, it's it's a good scene. And like I said. Uh, watching him make that delicious breakfast, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. I thought that was a good scene. Uh, the one I ended up with going with is just Ainsley Lobier's interrogation uh, yeah. of, of Zubov because Zubov has been one of the most confident and one of the most arrogant people on here. The only time we kind of really see that break is earlier when uh, we saw uh, Shernice take that cup with his DNA on it. That's the only time that we really kind of see yeah. that confidence break. But he is he is rattled considerably uh, from the moment that he finds out that the Met is there and he's going through this interrogation with Ainsley Lobier. I thought that was a really good scene because, like I said, to kind of put him in his place. And just Ainsley Lobier, uh, what was uh, the woman's name that plays Ainsley Lobier? You uh, told Alexandria me. Billings. Yes, and Alexandra Billings. Very good. Really good. Just a, a unique character to this entire show like i said it's weird yeah. to bring her in this late uh because they had already brought in one character in bob really late so it, it's right. weird to bring her in at this point but you know what uh if they can if they can i would i do want more of her so yeah i'll be interested to see how they do that uh so that was my uh act all along what's your uh if you come with the king you best not miss your best line for this week so this involves another scene with connor it was where uh leon uh is trying to make Connor feel better and says, how about I sing then? Everyone thinks my <laughs> voice has a nice healing lift. Yes. And then he sings, sings uh, the Lost Highway by uh, Hank Williams in a very horrible yeah, cover. It was bad. But I just love, uh, he was like, Connor's face is like, no, your song, your, your, your singing voice is not healing. No, it's like, not. Just, just his reaction. So I, I, I really enjoyed that. That line. Uh, yeah, mine was the MF line. You know, MF. Uh, if you ask my mom, if uh, MF stands for for uh, uh, my friend, I, I thought that was just really good. Uh, well, I thought you mentioned. Uh, uh, I thought uh, one of the great lines, and it was done by. Uh, oh man, Zev or Lev Zubov says, 
just assume she has the answers to what you're asking. Yeah, that was a good one. Because that was that was when he was you could tell he was nervous. Yeah, you could tell he was nervous. Another good one is uh, I don't remember exactly because I didn't write it down because it wasn't mine, but they when uh Corbell Pickett was talking about talking about brines and all that type of stuff. Yeah, that, that was a good those that was were some good, good ones. Too. So all right, uh, we do have five-tier rating system here on the Main Attraction Podcast. At the top of our list is a Game of Thrones. Beneath Game of Thrones is Lost. Uh, middle of the Road for us is Friends. Beneath Friends is a Full House. And at the bottom of the barrel is a Baywatch. Uh, we've both been at Lost. Where are you going after episode six? You know, I'm going to stick to a Lost. Uh, this episode, I may have gone a little lower, but uh, I'm going to stick with the Lost. But uh, I really hope they don't look too far ahead to season two and stick to season stick to the landing on season one first. Yeah, I, I would agree with you about them possibly looking a little bit too far ahead. And like this episode, like I said, it feels like more of a filler, more of a transition. And it's you can have those as long as you pay it off well. I mean, let's right. we, we're talking about another show that has done this extremely well in Andor. Andor has every time they've had a transition, a you know, a table setting episode, they have they have paid that off in spades every single time. So if they're going to do one of these types of t- episodes in the show, they just need to make sure they pay it off. But I'm with you. I'm still keeping it at a loss. Uh, it, it just kind of feels like that's what this show is. It's a really good show. I don't feel like right. it ever can be a great show. Uh, maybe it can. Maybe it can get there. Maybe it can have just two amazing, a great penultimate and just an incredible finale. Maybe it can. But right now, it just feels like this is just the prototypical Lost. A really good show. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to say this, too. This would have been a better binge. Yeah, I think I you're think right. I've said this already. Yeah, uh, th- this this show is is more of a binge. Yeah, I, th- and if I think I, you're right. If someone asked me about it, I would tell them to wait to binge, but make sure they listen to all ep- our episodes. That's right. Make sure you listen <laughs> to all of our episodes as you go back. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, here on the Main Attraction Podcast for this episode, we'd like to do things that we're looking forward to. So, what are some things that you're looking forward to? I've got one uh, a movie. Devotion comes out this week okay. uh, with Jonathan Majors and Glenn Powell. They're uh, uh, Air Force fighters in the Korean War, and uh, Jonathan Majors appears to be the first black uh, pilot. Okay, so um, I'm looking forward to that. Looks like uh, looks like a good is war this, movie. And is it based stream- on a true story? Is it streaming yeah. or is it? Uh, no, it's at theaters. the theater. Okay, at, at, yeah. So uh, and then the two young actors. So I'm looking. Forward I've not to heard that. Normally I hear it looks good. Yeah, but it sounds good. it sounds like it's going to be going for Oscars if it sounds it kind yeah. of sounds that way. Yeah. So could be. What else you got? Anything else? That's it. That's it for me. Uh, I've got a few. Uh, up first, we kind of talked about this in our Patreon. Uh, starting this Wednesday is the uh, Netflix series uh, Wednesday, based on uh, Wednesday Adams. Christina Ricci does play a role in it, so I can't wait to see that. Uh, I, lo- I love the Adams family. I think it's just fantastic. So, can't wait to see what they do with that character. It looks really, really good. I'm hoping that it looks it's going to be as good as it looks. Well, the, the girl who plays Wednesday was uh, Jenna Ortega, I believe is her name. She was in the last Scream movie she was really good oh I see so, okay she's a good actress well good I can't wait to see that because it looks like it's going to be really fun uh, some other things that I'm looking forward to well one I, I'm not looking there's I don't like the discourse around it uh, uh, but the starting well actually it technically started today but uh, tomorrow the USA starts their uh, March to the World Cup uh, in Quetar which is the part of it I, I don't like I hate the fact they yeah. put this thing in Quetar uh, because one 
Quatar sucks. They are awful. Uh, there are so many issues around Quatar that it's absolutely pathetic that they would put this in there, but they did it anyway. Uh, but you know what? I still love the World Cup. I've always loved the World Cup. I, I love soccer, even though uh, I don't really get a chance to watch a whole lot because the good stuff is over in Europe, and I'm always like in the middle of school whenever they're actually playing, so I can't actually watch. Uh, but yeah, like I said, so I'm really looking forward to the World Cup this year. I can't wait to see what they do. I hate the fact that it's in the middle of winter this year because normally it's yeah. in the summer. So, uh, right. but again, it's because it's in Quetar, which is another reason to hate it. But yeah, uh, but um, uh, but I love that. So, uh, I'm looking forward to cheering on the United States and hopefully maybe they pull off some major upsets. Uh, I had something else and I can't remember what else I had. So, but I guess I'll just not worry about it. maybe save it for next week. So, uh, anything else you want to add before we head off? Just want to tell everybody we appreciate you joining us, and we will talk to you next time. I would echo those same sentiments, and as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true. <laughs>